for Tuesday, December 7th. It's the Early Word from the WNYC Newsroom. I'm Lance Lucky, in for Isaac Davey Aronson with a look at this morning's top news stories the day ahead and reporting highlights from the WNYC News team. Coming up seven months after the attempted car bombing in Times Square, Bridget Bergen says there are mixed reviews on whether the Great White Way is ready for emergencies. And NJ Transit wants to privatize dozens of parking lots next to train stations and bus stops. Jim O'Grady tells us the cost of commuting is about to go up again. We'll start with the morning's top headlines just ahead. The Early Word is a production of WNYC Radio. You can support this podcast by making a donation at WNYC.org, where you can also get the latest updates on this morning's headlines on the news page. President Obama has announced an agreement with Republicans on a framework to extend expiring tax cuts for all Americans. The agreement also calls for the renewal of jobless benefits for the long-term unemployed and would grant a one-year reduction in Social Security taxes for millions. Obama says the proposal contains elements he personally opposes, such as the tax breaks for the wealthiest. The founder of WikiLeaks may soon surrender to British authorities. The lawyer for Julian Assange says he's arranging for his client to turn himself in to be questioned about alleged sex crimes in Sweden. Meanwhile, Swiss authorities have closed a bank account he used for fundraising. The New York State Senate is returning to Albany for another special session today. They're considering a bill to bail out New York City's bankrupt off-track betting corporation. Karen DeWitt has more. The New York City OTB's fiscal problems are so severe that its board voted to close down operations at the end of business last Friday. They then granted a brief reprieve, saying they'd wait until after the Senate met on Tuesday before shuttering the offices for good. The bailout bill has already passed in the state assembly, but Republicans in the Senate now say they'd like to change the bill to include OTBs in the rest of the state that they say are also economically shaky. Democrats who control the House until the end of the year will need GOP votes in order to pass anything. In Albany, I'm Karen DeWitt. The Westchester County Board of Legislators has passed a bill that would limit terms for county legislators and the county executive. A spokeswoman for the board says the bill, approved Monday night by a vote of 10 to 6, would limit county legislators to six two-year terms. The county executive would be limited to three four-year terms. Democrat John Nona, who chairs the board's legislation committee, calls term limits an idea whose time has come. He says it will allow others committed to public service the opportunity to serve. It takes effect January 1st of 2012. The city has identified a dozen failing schools that it says should be closed or phased out over the next three years. One of them is the Academy of Environmental Science Secondary School in East Harlem where guidance counselor Renee Osborne-Hill works with special needs kids. She says if the high school closes by 2014 as planned, it will hurt the kids, not help them. It hurts. It's frustrating. Why can't they do something if they see that this is not working? Why can't they fix it? We're losing a high school in the community. That's really sad. The Department of Education says later today it will announce additional schools to be phased out. The city tried to close 19 schools last year, but the teachers' union sued to block the closings. United Federation of Teachers President Michael Mulgrew says the union will monitor the school closing process and will take legal action again if necessary. As controversies swirl around bike lanes being installed around New York City, Brooklyn Councilman Brad Lander says a survey of residents finds broad support for two-way bike lanes along Prospect Park. Of the over 3,000 people who responded, you know, uh, nearly 75% said they'd like to keep them or keep them with some changes. About a quarter say go back to how it was before. Among residents who live right on Prospect Park West, nearly 300 of whom responded, it's, it's much more split. 
Lander acknowledges it's not a scientific sample, but he maintains it's a broad survey. Opponents of the bike lanes say reducing the number of car lanes from three to two has caused congestion and is destroying the nature of the boulevard. Taking a look at today's calendar, this morning, House members hold a press conference honoring Chinese dissident and Nobel Peace Prize winner Liu Xiaobo and call on the Chinese government to improve its human rights record. And this afternoon, on this anniversary of the attack on Pearl Harbor, U.S. Senators Kirsten Gillibrand and Charles Schumer of New York and Senators Frank Lautenberg and Robert Menendez of New Jersey will be joined by 9-11 survivors and first responders to urge senators to remember how America fulfilled its moral obligation to those who sacrificed after Pearl Harbor and provide those they call 9-11 heroes with that same respect. The Senate is expected to vote as early as Wednesday on the James Zadroga 9-11 Health and Compensation Act. And this evening, Mayor Bloomberg lights the world's largest menorah. It's at 5th Avenue and 59th Street, if you happen to be at that corner of Central Park at sunset. New Jersey Transit is preparing to charge more for parking spots near train stations. WNYC's Jim O'Grady says the plan would raise $100 million. New Jersey Transit is planning to privatize 81 parking lots at train stations and bus stops used mainly by commuters. The agency has narrowed the field of competing companies to seven. The winning firm will be chosen in May and offered a 30- to 50-year lease. It will then control 60% of the parking spots in New Jersey Transit's system. Prices are expected to rise at lots that already charge drivers to park. 14 free lots covered by the plan are likely to begin collecting fees. The increases come on top of a 25% fare hike in May for New Jersey Transit train and interstate bus commuters. Critics say the agency is sacrificing steady income for a large upfront payment. For WNYC, I'm Jim O'Grady. For this and other transportation stories, go to transportationnation.org. On Broadway, the shows must go on, of course, but seven months after an attempted car bombing in Times Square, there are mixed reviews about whether the Great White Way is ready for emergencies. WNYC's Bridget Bergen has more. Union leaders from Broadway shared a roundtable with theater owners, fire and emergency management personnel, and workplace safety officials. The conversation, what do theaters need to do to prepare for emergencies? Some theater managers say they have plans and conduct regular drills, but several union leaders say their employees don't feel ready for a crisis. Assemblyman Rory Lantzman says he scheduled the meeting to coincide with Broadway's busy holiday season to make sure the lessons from the failed bomb attempt this spring were top of mind. We realized that in terms of evacuating the theaters and, and for the employees to know what to do and what not to do, uh, the theaters were not as safe as they could be, and we want to make some progress on that. Among the next steps, Lantzman says he plans to follow up with the FDNY, which is working on a new fire code. It will require theaters and other buildings not covered by the current code to have emergency plans. FDNY's Julian Basil says these plans are designed to help people make decisions even when the problem is somewhere else. You may be hearing about something that's happening in the city or down the block from you. You may see an emergency, you may see all the emergency response vehicles converging down the block, and you have to make some decisions about what you should be doing about your building. The updated fire code is expected in July of next year. Currently, all theaters are required to maintain fire and evacuation plans. For WNYC, I'm Bridget Bergen. Let's wrap it up with the gig alert. When you make that California trip. 
love him or hate him, the Manhattan Transfer defined a style of vocal jazz that we're all familiar with. Since 1972, the group has been singing swing tunes in impeccable four-part harmonies. The sound may have gone out of favor, but at one time, the Manhattan Transfer was a staple of legendary New York clubs such as Max's Kansas City. This track, a cover of the standard Route 66, won the group a Grammy in 1982. The Manhattan Transfer plays the Blue Note tonight through Sunday. And this song is available for free download on our culture site. Just click culture at WNYC.org. You can learn more about all the stories you heard here, swinging or otherwise. Download more podcasts and go in-depth with our reporters on the news blog. It's all at our website, WNYC.org. You can hear us there 24 hours a day and on the air at 93.9 FM and AM 820. From the WNYC Newsroom, I'm Lance Lucky. Have a great day. Get your kids on Route 66.